Hello, it is 10 a.m. in New York, 4 p.m. in Johannesburg, and 9 p.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to the Expat Happy Hour. This is Sunday Schneider Bean from sundaybean.com, and I'm a solution-oriented coach and intercultural strategist for individuals and organizations. And I'm on a mission to help you adapt and succeed when living abroad and get you through any life transition. When I was a little girl, I would stand by my mom while she was having coffee with a friend and chatting away, and I'd go, Mom, 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 Mom. <laughs> and so she finally stopped and listened to what I had to ask her. Other times, I would request something special and then come at her 17 different ways with 17 different reasons why I should be able to get it. As she retells these stories to me, she clenches her teeth and she says, Oh, Sunday, you were so persistent. <laughs> with love, of course. The thing is, the things that drive our parents crazy when we're young are actually precursors to our success as an adult. I promise. <laughs> and I'm going to prove it to you in a little bit, but first it's time to celebrate. We are celebrating episode 200 of Expat Happy Hour. And I want to pause for a moment to say my heartfelt thank you to each and every one of you who have been with me along that journey. Maybe you've been here since episode one. God forbid, do not go back and listen to episode one <laughs> because I learned how to podcast by podcasting. Or maybe you've just joined me in recent weeks. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. It means the world to me. And that we started out with just a handful of listeners, and now I just saw last week that based on our stats, Expat Happy Hour is doing better than 90% of all podcasts. So that is so humbling, and it wouldn't be possible to celebrate that without you. We are in week five of six weeks of behind-the-scenes series. In parallel, if you're in my Facebook group, Expats on Purpose, you hopefully have been enjoying the five weeks of Expat Coach secrets where we are talking about behind the scenes things on how you can serve expats better. What are some of the tools from a coaching perspective that are working for expats? How do you amplify your business if you are running a globally mobile business? What's stopping you and what will help fast track you, right? We talked about visibility and voice. And today we're going to talk about the C word. No, not that one. And not COVID. We're talking about consistency. And as you heard at the top of this episode, I persist. I keep at things. And consistency has been a key to success in, in many areas of my life. And that's why I'm choosing this topic of consistency as I celebrate the 200th episode. Now, let's put that in perspective. In January 2017, I put out the very first episode, and for 200 consecutive weeks in a row without fail, I have released 
a new episode, right? We're in the fourth year, season four, and I've done this through summer vacations, through funerals, business trips, the unexpected, and the predictable overwhelm that comes with things that are planned already in my life or in my business, right? So I want to share that with you. That is something we're celebrating, but it's also something we're sharing on how I did it, right? If you followed Expat Happy Hour, you know that what I do with Expat Happy Hour is probably one of two things. I really work hard to share what's on your hearts and minds, right? And add value in that way through the episodes. Or I aim to bring topics to the forefront that we just don't talk about openly enough, right? So I did ask you, you know, what do you want to hear about in this 200th episode? And here's what you said. You wanted to know, one, how I get my ideas, two, what it takes to get there, and three, why do I do it? So in this episode, that's what I'm going to do. But first, I'm going to bring back one of my favorite guests from a prior episode. The youngest guest Expat Happy Hour has ever seen. If you remember from episode 18, I interviewed my boys. And I asked my youngest and my you know oldest if they wanted to come back on Expat Happy Hour. And the interview was politely declined by my middle schooler, of course. But my now eight-year-old has agreed to come on and answer these three questions, the ones that I'll answer for you today, but we're going to find out from him what he thinks first. Alrighty, we have one of my favorite guests on here. Um, are you ready, hun, to answer a couple questions today? Yes, I am. Okay, first of all, first question, do you know the name of my podcast? Expats Coke Coalition? <laughs> it's pretty close. That's one of the programs I do. Oh. Um, the name is Expat Happy Hour. Oh. Okay. So um, people wanted to know from me three things because today is my 200th episode. I know that of expat happy hour and they want to know a few things from me but maybe let's check with you first to see if you know the answers okay okay so i've done 200 episodes <laughs> really right how do you think i get ideas um other people right what else internet yeah do you know what i talk about on expat happy hour um, to help people adapt and su- adapt and what is else? Adapt and succeed. It's <laughs> so awesome. Okay, so I get ideas from the internet from other people. That's true. What do you think? If the way you know, Mama, what do you think it takes for me to create two hundred episodes week after week after week? A lot of patience. Uh, a lot of patience, and you have two kids that sometimes are really annoying. <laughs> And a lot of concentration. That's true. You guys aren't annoying, honey. You're mm. healthy, mm-hmm. healthy, normal, active boys. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. So concentration, that's true. Patience. Why do you think I do it? Um, To help people adapt and succeed, like I just said. Okay. Any other reasons why you think I do it? Help people. Yeah, I do like to help people. If you could say anything to the listeners of Expat Happy Hour, what would you like to tell them about me? Um, she's a great mom. <laughs> You're so 
so sweet. Thank you, buddy, for joining me on Expat Happy Hour. Now I'm going to tell them my answers to okay. these questions. Thanks, bud. Bye-bye. Bye. Now that you've heard it from him, I'll let you now hear it from me. All right. So here it goes behind the scenes of how I have consistently released 200 episodes in a row. First, how do I get ideas? All right. Well, I get ideas from a variety of places, but people often, you know, when they talk about how many episodes I've done or how I consistently put out content, they think it's something like amazing or something really unique. But honestly, here's my perspective. I look at it like I have a cup and that cup is full of something, right? And as soon as I pour that cup, what's in that cup out, the cup fills again. So how do you get to episode 200? You do episode one and then two and then three. And every time you empty that cup out, it gets refilled. So in fact, consistency is a driver of creativity. That if you're just hoarding your ideas, you're actually stopping ideas from coming out consistently. So honestly, one of the biggest tips um, to being seen as a well of ideas is just get your ideas out and create more. Creativity is not limited. There's, There's no end you don't have like 12 units of something creative in you. It is, it is part of who you are. And if you are engaging in the world, if you're living your life, if you're connecting with clients, you will have unlimited value to add and your creativity will be without end. So please trust me, if you commit to a weekly podcast or a monthly podcast or blog or whatever creative endeavor it is, know that once you pour out that cup, it will fill up again because you are a creative being at without end. So I get my ideas from, as I said, from a lot of places. One of them is my own life, uh, my clients, struggles I've had, struggles my clients have had, things I'm seeing in the expat community, or from amazing experts that I meet along the way. I'm going to focus on a few now and give you some examples. So if you're looking to get ideas for whatever your project is, then maybe you can get inspired as well. All right, let's start with the first one. Oftentimes I get inspiration from something mundane that is happening in my own life and I immediately see a client connection. So one example of that was episode 166, The Raw Edges of Entrepreneurship, where my trip to the gym actually resulted in insight on what I'm offering you about where you are in your business. Here's an example. Last Wednesday, I remember my um, personal trainer told me to get on this machine. It kind of looks like a space mobile thing. And I have to like put my arms out a little bit like a butterfly and then squish my elbows together. And I've got these, you know, untrained kind of ballet arms. This is not something that I'm going to thrive at right away. And I remember sitting down and as I sat down to start this exercise, he grabbed the pin from the weights at the bottom and moved it all the way up to the top. So, you know, whoever was there before took on like 10 times more weight than I did. And I looked at him, I'm like, 
that is not motivating <laughs> to watch the gap between where this other person was and where where I am. And, you know, don't look at the pin is probably the first piece of advice I want to start out with in today's episode when we're looking at our lives and businesses abroad is don't pay attention where someone else's pin is because you don't know how much effort they put in. You don't know what, if the, how their body is different from yours, how many years they've been doing that, what they've sacrificed to get there, right? Keep your eyeballs on your own pin, where it is in the weights for your level. All right, there you have it. Something as simple as me putting a pin and a weight resulted in something that I could share with you about what to do or not to do as an entrepreneur. Okay, sometimes I get my inspiration, not from my life, but by listening to my clients and what what bugs them. And in episode 172, we talked about something I noticed over time, and these are party fouls. Party fouls are things that happen to accompanying partners when they are at social gatherings that make them feel small and attack their self-worth. So it was important to me that we get that on the table. So if you're committing party fouls, you're going to knock it off. And if you are one who is subject to party fouls, you can create strategies to stop them. Here's an example. What really gets on my nerves is that when we arrive at a function or a party and we introduce ourselves, people just assume that... I'm the woman, therefore I'm not working, that we are in this location because of my husband's job. And uh, yes, we are actually, but then the conversation just goes on to talk about him and his job. And whoever we're meeting, they never ever turn around and ask what I do. For those of you who've been here, you know how isolating this can feel and you can feel invisible. Here, Claire shares more that illustrates this when people find out that it isn't her who has the assignment. They start, I'm very short. So they start looking over my eye line to like start, you know, like where you can visit because I'm a pretty small person in my stature, unless I'm wearing like stilettos, they can't really see me. You know, I'm not looking at them eye to eye. And then I've started noticing where people will start like gauge in the room, like, where do I go next? Because I'm not going to either help them in their career or they can't talk to me about whatever. And it's like, listen, I don't really want to talk to you either, but I'm not a jerk. So, you know. Wow. So party foul is looking above the eyes, scanning the room. Excuse me. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, there you have it. So there's a no-no on party fouls. (laughs) That's a struggle that nobody needs to deal with. We don't have to deal with that anymore. Come on, everybody, knock it off. (laughs) And let's say no to party fouls when they happen to us. But also, if we're doing it, we got to take a look and do it differently. Now let's look at episode 167, where I took one of my own struggles and shared it with you and how I worked through it to solve a problem that I was facing. In episode 167, Be Your Own Fairy Godmother, I shared how I got hit hard from a COVID-related disappointment and what I did to make the most of it. 
Okay, so here's what I did next. And I am offering this to you now so you can find a way to take back control of whatever is flying off the handle in your life right now. So in the testing phase <laughs> of grief, it's seeking realistic solutions, right? I was like, okay, Sunday, what needs are being met by this plan A? Plan A was the conference. And when I was honest with myself, I reviewed all the things I just shared with you, right? Connection with the community, face-to-face time, connecting with people, um, learning, growing, playfulness, networking, all of that, right? So I was able to name the needs and those are needs, right? And the strategy was the conference. I think we confuse that often. We often confuse strategy for needs, but that's not the case. The conference was the strategy. Okay. And now that that strategy was gone, I had to ask myself, how else can I meet those needs? So I got creative and I said, well, what if I just canceled my leg from Doha to Bangkok and tried to meet some of my FIGT crew in Doha? So I hopped on WhatsApp and I connected with people in the area and from my FIGT family. And you know what? By focusing on the needs and not the strategy, here's what I was able to line up. Face-to-face with one person from the community. Face-to-face with a client who happens to live here. I'm in the process of hopefully scheduling a group presentation, even though that's not yet set in stone. I am meeting my new project manager in person who just happens to live here. That was total serendipity. I've got two face-to-face podcast interviews coming your way with two expat leaders that I deeply respect. I'm still doing three days of writing that I had planned, but it's virtual instead of face-to-face. And in the spirit of fresh, instead of Thai boxing, I'm going to a camel race. Right? And just this morning, I was able to wake up when I wanted and sit in silence and drink my coffee. All right. That episode is really interesting because that was actually the last international trip that I took before everything accelerated and started going into lockdown. So was happy that happened, but it happened thankfully at the right time before everything went crazy. That is an example of where I don't share my wounds, but I share my scars. So if you are someone who is you know, wanting to do weekly podcasts or blogs, and you're going through something hard, an important thing to do is look at when you have gone through the hard and now have clarity, right? You've gone from wound to scar. How can you share that journey with people so that they can get value and learn from it? So the idea of don't do as I do, um, and they can avoid the mistakes that you've made or do what I did because that fast-tracked trouble. All right. The last place that I can get ideas from is when we look at issues that we just don't talk about enough. One of the things I'm committed to on Expat Happy Hour is straight talk. And there are things that whether we like it or not, there are taboos in our expat community in the global mobility space where we don't spend enough time facing it and addressing it head on. So I like to use Expat Happy Hour as a platform to talk about 
the things that no one is talking about, but everyone is struggling with or thinking. So here's a couple that I've done in the past um, where I can draw those ideas from. In episode 177, Mellowing Menopause, I invited um, expert Jane Ordaz to come on and talk about why it's important for us to talk about menopause because it's a transition within a transition within the transition, right? Menopause has a shame around it for some reason, and it was time to break that taboo. In episode 163, I invited Shelly Burroughs to come and she talked about trauma recovery, what we can do to support our children as they're going through really tough transitions and how to know when it's time to get an expert to support because they've gone beyond just struggle and got into trauma. And in um, episode 165, I invited April Remfrey to talk about how to expand the bubble. And that's specific around education and special education in national schools. And we looked head on about how can we serve more kids on the wide spectrum of needs, whether it's a gifted child or another child with special needs, how can we serve them better? Here's what April had to say. So I want to hear from you. Your One of your areas of expertise is helping families that have children with special needs when they're searching for a new school. Mm. So what do what do parents need to know mm-hmm. when they're heading to the next school or looking for the next school? Mm. Well, I, one of the things that scares schools away is when they just hear this label, right? So when you hear the label autism, for some reason, people of, of my age group tend to think one specific thing, maybe from mm-hmm. a movie or someone they knew growing up. And, and that, the idea of autism has really changed in the last 10 years. People are seeming to be a little bit more educated about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but still in the international school world, you can't just give this, you can't go to a school and say, my child has ADHD, my child has autism. Because for some reason, one specific picture comes up and then the school is making an admissions decision based on kind of this void of information. That is, that is incredible, right? Like you either get to come or not based on a few letters, right? There's four letters and they have no context. And I mean, I am not informed on this, but everybody talks about there's a spectrum and, um, who knows how children thrive when their needs are supported. Absolutely. But I think some of the big things that parents need to be aware of when they're planning a move is that you need to start to become your child's official record keeper. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be the one that's sitting on the side of the court taking stats. Mm. And you have to, you know, three to six months before your move, start collecting your teachers, kids' teachers' perspectives. Ask mm. them what are their strengths and weaknesses in the classroom? Because we know our kids at home, right? But right. we don't know them at school. We can pretend we do, but we don't fully know who they are at school. And that teacher is the one that can give you that perspective. Mm. You need to ask them, you know, what kinds of things do you do that help them be successful in the classroom? We call those strategies, right? What are the successful strategies in the classroom? All right, there you go. Just a little sample of how I get my ideas. But here's the thing. Um, The truth is, 
sometimes I don't have an idea, <laughs> but I know that I've got to produce a podcast this week. So I'm going to tell you what it takes to get there. What I do is I block out a specific time every single Monday. That is my podcast creation time. And there are times when I have no idea what I'm going to say. And this is this moment of trust where, remember the cup that I said that is limitless, that is full. And if I dump it out, something else will come. I literally sit at my desk during my podcast time. I now have broken it down to two and a half hours. It used to take me hours and hours and hours. Now I limit myself to two and a half and I go from zero idea to recorded podcast. And what I do is I sit down in front of a blank piece of paper and I just reflect on some of the things I've said. What are some of the struggles that I've had lately? What are some of the struggles my clients have had? What are the aha moments my clients have had? What is you know, timely that needs to be addressed? What am I feeling passionate about that we're not talking about enough? And I give myself a little time, a little space to brainstorm on that. For example, even for this six weeks behind the scenes series, I did a mind map of behind the scenes and six topics that I thought might be interesting. And I give myself permission to not know exactly what I'm going to say. Once I have a general idea of the topic, I sit down and I think about what is the one thing I want you to walk away with? What is the one, as I call them, BBOs, big bossy opinions that I want you to have clear in your mind when we walk away? And today, really clearly, I wanted to celebrate the 200 uh, episodes, but I also wanted you to walk away with clarity on how critical consistency is to your work and then give you some tips on, on how to make that happen. So blocking time, trusting the process that if you reflect on your challenges, your clients' challenges, things that you're seeing in the community that are urgent or, or taboo, you will have one important thing that you can share with your community, right? So that is how I, I walk through it. I do some mind mapping and then I seriously just pop in a few notes into an Excel sheet uh, with the key ideas I want to make sure that I'm talking about, just like I'm doing right now. And I go for it. I hit record and I freestyle. Now I'm episode 200. I can freestyle episode one. I think I was literally writing, reading from a script. So this is of course a journey, but there is a level of trust in this process that and a level of surrender that I, if I have a few ideas, I want to make sure I communicate with you that I will trust that what needs to be shared will. And when I say trusting the process, here's something really important about that. I absolutely have to let go of the outcome. I can't tell you how many times I've done a podcast. I've really invested a lot of thought into it, you know, careful crafting of my tips and what I, what I want to say. And I walk away from that podcast thinking, dang, that's going to be a good one. And I, I get crickets, you know, downloads are mediocre. I don't hear anything back from the newsletter. And I thought it was going to be great. Then I have sort of a stressful moment where I'm like, crap, it's Monday. I've got to do a podcast. I have no idea what I'm going to say. I'm kind of blocked. Ah, fine. I'll do this idea. I record the podcast. It feels uncomfortable when I'm doing it. I send it to the producer and I actually wonder if it was a bad idea. I'm, I'm second guessing myself. And then it goes out 
And then I hear from five people saying, you know, Sunday, it's like you're a fly on the wall or how are you inside my head? So after doing this for literally hundreds of episodes, I've realized I have no control over what you will find meaningful. I have no control over what you will find valuable. I have to trust that you're going to hear exactly what you need to hear when you need it. Or or maybe you won't, but one person will. Right? So what does it take to get to 200 consistent episodes? Blocking the time, training your body, this is what you're doing, treating it as non-negotiable, and trusting the process, right? Letting go of the outcome and and knowing that done is is much better than perfect, right? And showing up consistently week after week to do it. All right. You might be asking yourself Sunday, whoa, that that's a big commitment. <laughs> right? Why do you do it? Why do you do it? Um, check out episode 199 for more details on that. That is, it gives insight into what I talk about calling in my pack, right? If I howl, I trust that my pack will find me and we will find each other, find safety in numbers. And together we are in alignment, in, in positioning and know what to look out for and know where to go get what is most important to you. Right. So episode 199, I share more about that, but I do it because connection is important to me. And this is a way that I can connect with you. I was doing one-to-one coaching, um, for a long time and came in contact with, you know, 10 to 20 to 30 people every week. And that connection is really meaningful for me. But I realized that I was limiting my connection to my live face-to-face time. That if I did my work in new ways, I could create connection, not just with tens, you know, dozens of people. I could create connection with thousands of people or tens of thousands of people or even millions of people. So it's a way for me to connect with you. And it's a way for me to, to have that straight talk, the things that we need to be talking about more, that behind the curtain discussion of how we're getting impact by this globally mobile life, how people's self-worth takes a hit, how marriages have strain, how we feel insecure about whether we're doing a good enough job with our kids, how we're looking for more purpose and meaning, all of those things. These are important topics for us to see in ourselves and for us to talk about with the people we care about and to bring from behind the curtains to, to remove the taboo. So that's why I do it. And I do it because because growth is a core value of mine. And doing this podcast has been an immense growth experience for me. It's not something I felt was natural to me. It's not something that felt comfortable for me. It was uncomfortable pretty much almost every single time. <laughs> uh, but I do it anyway. And I know that it's a way for for you to have growth. I know that if you're listening and you're paying attention to the tips and you're trying new things out and you're listening for yourself in these stories, that it will help you grow as well, right? It enables me to, to share what I do and offer my work to those people who are not in a position to work with me or not ready to work with me. Um, it's a way I can serve, which is absolutely free for you, right? 
And I think there's, you know, it's, it's a place that I can just simply love the crap out of you, right? Like, let me give you what's on my heart and mind and, and share with you what is a value and, and have that be enough because it's important to me. It's important for me to have a space where I can stand, um, for what's important to me and I can communicate issues that I think are missing in this globally mobile space. And that is already enough. So those are some of the reasons why I do it. It's around connection. It's around growth. It's about, about loving on my people (laughs) and it's about being a service, right? And it's a way for me, as I said, in episode 199 to howl and for my pack to find me so I can be of service in deeper ways with my clients. All right, y'all, this is episode 200 and it's, it's about a simple topic. It's about consistency. And I don't want you to underestimate the power of consistency. It is the driver actually behind creativity. It is the driver behind connection. And it is the driver behind establishing trust. So if consistency feels limiting to you, if you don't see yourself as someone with a ton of discipline, look at it differently. Do you like to connect? Do you like to stand behind your values? Do you like to break down taboos? Do you like to share insight behind the curtains? Do you like to add value? Do you like to create trust? Those are things that you can lead with. And the method is through consistency. So I hope that that gave you something you can work with um, for those of you who are in this space who want to share your message with people and are wondering how to get more ideas and what it takes to get them. Those are some tips from 200 episodes from me to you. All right. If you want to learn more about how to create visibility, use your voice, hone your message so you can consistently and joyfully show up for your pack, then my invitation to you is to check out Expat Coach Coalition. I am taking applications. Spots are filling right now. It is a four-month program where I work with people who are emerging as coaches or have already established themselves and want to up-level their business. Or maybe you know you want to work with expats, but you haven't yet made the leap to do so and are flirting with the idea of serving coaches in that way. This is absolutely for you because we're looking at half of our time on some of the tools, methodology to help serve expats Um, no matter where they are in their own journey, as well as some hard-hitting business insight on how you can amplify your business. So check it out. You can apply by going to the link in the show notes for Expat Coach Coalition. We can hop on the phone or I've got info sessions coming up end of October and early November for you to just learn what is more about Expat Coach Coalition. You might have also been following my five-part series on Expat Coach Secrets. You'll have learned some of those tools firsthand around the art of coaching and the business of coaching. So it gives you a taste of what to expect from expat coach coalition. All right. I would love to be by your side and have you join this amazing community of other talented individuals who are equally passionate about serving expats. So check it out. Thank you for celebrating with me. Episode 200 of expat happy hour. Here's to 200 more. 
You've been listening to Expat Happy Hour. Thank you for listening. This is Sunday Schneider Bean, and I will leave you with insight from Michael Hyatt. Consistency is better than perfection. We can all be consistent. Perfection is impossible. Um. <laughs>